how far do I go back until I start talking about my own mental health and uh, why I think uh, we're heading towards a, a global mental health pandemic in the future and people might think, oh, you're delusional or uh, it's, it's too extreme and I don't blame you. It's hard to see the future um, when we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, but throughout time, uh, we've predicted many future events uh, unfolding, and I think it's 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 important that we we take it seriously because people did predict things like. Uh, COVID-19 and all that and this is not false information or anything like that uh, this is what it is is basically looking um, at mental health in general the status of mental health in general and how society is dealing with it uh, and again this is my opinion uh, uh, and, and the opinion is that Mental health is a responsibility of every human being, governments, ourselves, our uh, parenthood, whatever it is, it's the responsibility of every human being to take care of each other in a perfect world, which we don't live in. And I don't want to bore you and talk about psychology and the history of psychology, um, but the the fact that mental health has been around for for centuries um, is absurd, and uh, it it's only just started to get this awareness from the pandemic when we've been suffering from depression, anxiety, stress, uh, mental illnesses for centuries if not more and society has come a long way but it's still stagnated at the moment because all we're doing is we're we're placing people that are mentally unhealthy in clinical settings such as hospitals such as uh, places where they can get medication they can get the treatment from um, doctors, nurses, and that's fine. I mean, it works in, in some respect. Um, however, it doesn't solve the future problem. It only suppresses the present one. Um, and I want you to hear me very carefully. When I was uh, suicidal, I went into a crisis unit and I was taken care of. Four days later, I was and let out I said, you're good to go. That's exactly what's happening. I walked into an uh, emergency department. I was already psychotic. I, I lost my mind. And all they do is they make you look like you are a three-year-old child trying to explain something to them. And you know what they're doing. And I'm sure that's not what they mean. They're, they're, they're bad intentions. Uh, I know that, that they don't mean to look like they're uh, 
being helpful. Um, but it, but they, they have this inner bias sometimes in them um, when it comes to uh, helping. What I mean, them is the people that are taking care of you. They want to they want to help you because they truly care about you and that's fine but the whole point of mental health is to somehow not necessarily prevent because you can't prevent anything all right you can't prevent even accidents from happening but it still happens right but the system that you put in place from when you are a child whether you're a government or a or parents or companies or whatever the system that you have in place from the beginning will determine whether your uh, mental health environment will be safe or not and so what's happening is that it's like oh yeah sure we got we got hospitals um you know you can just take them there and we'll take care of okay that's fine okay when it comes to certain mental illnesses what's happening is that also, if you have a mental health issue, either you are naive about it and you think you can just brush it off, or you seriously think it's a problem. The biggest mistake I ever made was never getting help in the beginning when I needed it. I said, no, psychologists, the psychiatrists, ugh, be one of those. Coming from an ethnic background, I'm going to talk about ethnic background, I come from an Armenian background, slash Lebanese as well. You're frowned upon when you go to a psychologist, like, gosh, you're, you're insane. You're considered just out of this world. I'm sorry, you're too weird. You're too weak. But yet, why do they say that? It's because when they grew up, and that generation grew up, and mind you, mental health has been around even since the 50s, even since the 40s. Their weakness is their pride. So if you showed any type of weakness, especially mental weakness, you were considered weak, very, very poor and very just down. And it's the reason why you don't talk about it certain cultures and it's not just the cultures that I come from um, I'm born here uh, in Australia and I I love the fact that we are a somewhat <laughs> a progressive country in that way uh, when it comes to mental health um, we've got awareness about it but I think people are talking about mental health but are they actually taking actions to be able to prevent the next global next the mental health pandemic that's going to just go across this world and I say this in the beginning um, I go back in uh, we're, we're going forward to the year 2200 which is okay probably will come around the corner if you really look at it but I mean, I, I mean let's face it I'm not going to be here you probably won't be here as well It'll be an interesting world to live, to, to understand that more than a hundred years from now, are we going to have more mass suicides? Are we going to have a state where we're going to not see necessarily wars, but 
people committing small violence, whether it's stabbings, whether it's killings, whether it's mass shootings, whether it's more domestic violence, we can have stringent laws set in place. But let me tell you, laws will never prevent anybody from losing their mind. Just remember that. And I, I'm going to say this very honestly and openly, and politics and politicians, um, I mean, you know this very well, um, most of them are very naive, power-driven, and all they care about is to make them look like they're actually caring about humanity by saying, oh yeah, we've got this in place, it's like a tick in a box. No. Unless they've had a mental health issue themselves or know somebody that has and they've been affected, politicians make decisions also based on their own beliefs. So if they believe in climate change, for example, they will push for climate change initiatives. I know this because I know politicians. Yes, firsthand. And so I'm telling you, that is how it is. That's my observation of politicians and analysis of politicians. And the same thing has to go with mental health. If we have to find politicians that are significantly um, passionate about mental health in order to be able to create change within our societies. Now, that's, that's the government doing their part. We've got to do our bit as well. We've got to understand that we might have mental health issues most of us have a mental health issue in fact the last census in australia uh, highlighted there was forgive me if i'm wrong which i am over 40 percent over 40 percent um said they had anxiety now anxiety is uh you know a very broad sort of mental health issue if you look at it because anyone have anyone can have anxiety at any point in the day i have generalized anxiety disorder so my anxiety is every day every single day i'm walking out of this uh, house I am having anxiety and it's hard to live with um, uh, it's this constant fear of how I'm going to react when something bad happens to me whether it's in traffic or someone says something rude to me or how I'm going to feel all day um, and so <laughs> it's just a million other things going through my head the point is what I try to do is be able to wake up and say, thank you for new, a new day, the gratitude that we we, we know about. But the, the key to, to be able to fix your own mental health issues in a way is yourself. You have to want to do it. You have to find some sort of purpose. You have to find something in the day that's worth motivating. Um, and it's so difficult in a, in a city like Sydney because you have to work, you have to, um, you have to, you know, have a roof over your head, you need to pay the bills, you need to eat, and these things are not cheap. We live in a, a cost of uh, living crisis at the moment and possibly will be for a very long time. However, we have to swallow our pride. We have to be able to sacrifice. You're putting, oh, I wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to, we don't have to. We don't have to. Oh, I mustn't be. I'm going to go back and contradict, contradict myself. You don't have to. But I think that ourselves, we also got to play a part in this uh, prevention. Um, it's a collective responsibility. And 
it's one, not one day one, one of these politicians said oh there's no such thing as collective responsibility yes there is there is and that's an example of what i just said about our government and how us have to work together and what i mean us i mean everyone whether you're parents whether you're a ceo whether you're um whether you're a student uh, whatever you whatever you are in your life um, we have that sole responsibility of waking up and saying we're not going to wake up today and try to please others and try to look great and try to look tough and let me tell you something about <laughs> um, toughness and I think a lot of women would like to hear this as well uh, and probably even a lot of men uh, my father was in the military a very tough commando type dude didn't fear anything and always was stern but behind all that mental toughness that you see, like in the movies and, you know, in the Top Gun or whatever it is you watch nowadays um, or did, there's a softness of humanity. Uh, and men in particular, I think, and sometimes even women, I must admit, uh, it happens to men, they show this toughness. It's almost like there is this brick wall that you that you'll never be able to just... Um, put down which is great it shows resilience strength leadership um initiative but i think to some degree it's also a defense mechanism that they use for their weakness and and the person who is like that is probably sitting there and going (laughs) this guy's got no idea i mean i have no idea that's right and we base our opinions based on assumptions sometimes as well and the only way to be right is to be able to first assume and then see if you're right or wrong eventually if you don't understand that concept i can go through it later on but the point is here is that the system that we have in place is very poor the system that we have with mental health is, is mental health awareness, mental health awareness, okay, it's, it's great, fantastic. We know mental health is, is, is a concern. What we're doing about it is we're, we're constantly now having uh, meditation, um, you know, promotion or yoga promotion, or, you know, um, how we're teaching people to be more aware and gratitude, but that's got to be ingrained we have to make it part of a global curriculum just like we have mathematics and and english and science we have to put that in the core of school and uh, my sister's uh, an assistant principal and she goes oh yeah there's systems in place yes but it has to be compulsory so compulsory that it, it is almost like our vocabulary teaching children about emotions and a teacher will be looking at hearing this and going, well, don't don't just look at us. It's just, it's not just teachers, it's parents. Yes, it is. And I'm talking to you parents out there as well. We understand that you have a mortgage, you have stress, you have other children to take care of. You have, a, you have your own mental health issues. And it's hard to have a child. I've been there. It took me to suicide, almost to the brink of suicide. I know how it feels. But the greatest gift you can give your child, I'm talking 
from one parent to another, however, which parent is listening to this, the one thing you give to a child is the fact that your mental health is better. I sacrificed, and this is an example, I sacrificed my own parenthood to make sure that my son is brought up in a world that is safe. He lives in Canada and I live in Australia. Oh yeah, over 14,000 kilometers away on the other side of the world. It's not hard, it's a struggle. But I said, I'm sick. I need to get better. And that is the is hard, but I have to do it. I've made the sacrifice. And I'm hoping that it pays off within a decade or so. I don't know. But the lesson I tell parents is take care of yourself and your children will love you for it. Spending that time with your children is the most important thing you can ever do beyond anything. Beyond anything. They will look at you as inspiration. They will look at you as role models. Put a roof on top of their head, but they don't care. It's the time that you spend with them that not only will be better for their mental health, but it will be also better for your mental health. Think about why you had children in the first place. And you're probably thinking, you don't teach me, I don't need to be taught, I don't like to be talked to. That's the problem. We don't want to learn anymore. As adults, we have this blockage of, of not wanting to learn anymore. And I'm going to be blunt with you. It's not only wrong. It's sad. But you could do something about it. And I can't stress this enough to be able to sit here and, and tell you that um, the problem is human naivety. The problem is the fact that we know there's mental health issues. Let me streamline to a workplace, for example. We've got a manager that climbed their way through success and they said, oh, be tough, be tough, be tough, be, be hard be strong, resilience, this and that. These are just words. I'm telling you right, these are just words. Unless you've been beaten down, you don't know what resilience is. It's easy for a manager who has the skills and the knowledge that they've gained through when they were children, they were sport enough to have that ability by their parents to be to say to someone, be tough. They have to they can't go inside inside somebody else's shoes. Empathy, at least it is partial empathy. To understand that that person is affected is, is wrong. And I was reading a book by Thomas Erickson, um, Surrounded by Idiots. I haven't finished it yet, but a red personality is, is those type of personalities that you do see it in, the, in the corporate world where people are very strong and, and, and uh, they're short-answered people. They're just straight to the point. They'll be blunt. You know, typical, um, you know, probably a top CEO at some point, you know, or or a manager or even a colleague that you know. And, oh man, I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know if those type of people have had that depression before. But if they think that they're the toughest person in the room, they're going to think again. 
because you put them into the harshest depression and I wonder I wonder if you can uh, see how they can get out and they both think yeah I can I can I've survived everything you know I'm an ex uh, you know uh, army dude or whatever it is let me tell you life is the greatest battlefield life is the greatest battlefield and why because it doesn't stop keeps on going for decades until you are gone and I think we have to go in there and tell companies that what you're doing you might not think that it will long term affect you and your business but it will <laughs> there's statistics that show it mental health is destroying profitability oh, of course a red person a red person um someone who's very straightforward and arrogant and, and uh, naive will, will tell you, nah, nah, it's, nah, nah, typical. I'm really blunt with you, and this is people who might not like me, and, 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 but I have to be, and I, I know people sitting there saying, oh yeah, yeah, I don't know someone like that, very, you know, that's fine, you're not a bad person. I was speaking to you, yeah, that person who is like that, you're not a bad person at all, that's just the way we are, the way we, we, were, we, we were brought up. But please, please try to have a compassion for humanity to be able to understand that there are people suffering and you need to take care of them. You take care of them and I almost not even, I almost guarantee you, 99%, I'm so confident about that. I know that if you take care of these people, they'll take care of your company, your customers. The customers don't come first. I'm saying this with over 20 years experience in sales and marketing. Customers don't come first. The staff do. If the staff are happy, if the staff are kept well, the customers will be kept well. Believe me. Believe me because you can serve your customers better. And if you disagree, and you've got justifications, that's great. But don't disagree without understanding what the problem is. And then later episodes, we're gonna get more, you know, relaxed and fun and going into, you know, the, the real scenario of how the world is going to be. Um, but we're gonna be talking about it in a way that's like, okay, we're already living in the future. What's going on? I already gave you the little warning signs of the future. Um, you know, we're gonna have more suicides. I, this is this is very hard to hear. It's very hard to hear. I'm sorry about that. If it's too explicit, uh, we're gonna have more crime. We're gonna have, at least in a small respect, we're gonna have uh, more uh, of this anarchy. And uh, you might think because we've got a government, we have stability. No. Just open your eyes and look at the world. Just, just, just go into the, go onto the news and see what's going on. And you know what I mean. But it's going to be amplified because when I watch TV and there's a, someone murdered or there's someone, someone that's been abused or someone that the first two words that come to my head is mental health. And people say, "Oh, mental health, not an excuse." You goddamn right it is. 
you right it's mental health because people don't just wake up and go I'm just gonna just commit mass murder it's there was there's the emotions don't work like that they build up they build up you can believe it or not I this is not whether you agree or disagree I mean you are at that right to disagree and amazing you can but this is an opinion opinion based on my experience my knowledge of working with people and my knowledge of what I've learned in my degrees and even my thesis that I did with children's mental health the the fact of the matter is that we are not just human beings but we are somewhat predictable in the right way because we come into this world as a blank slate and everything gets built up upon us so you know when you're looking at how the world is unfolding now just think about yourself like we might be heading to a pandemic that more people are going to be dying because of either small violence or suicide and what I mean by small violence is you know someone getting stabbed or, or a shooting here and there we're seeing it in the news today and it is a mental health pandemic in some ways in, in some ways some would say it's already started <laughs> some might look at this title and go well, it's already started it's already here. I'm not meant to scare you I don't scare anyone in fact who am I to scare anyone but I've lived that experience of depression, anxiety. I have ADHD, which I was only recently diagnosed when I was 35. I've been through struggles of, of a mental breakdown. I've gone through insanity in ways that I think humans can't imagine. You look at the TV and you go, oh, how dare someone can do that. Someone can do that if they've been pushed enough. I know, because I've been there. first thing that we got to do right now is to not be naive I don't care if you're a psychiatrist a psychologist um, I don't care if you have been in the industry of mental health for 20 years I don't care how many people you have talked to in your career the truth is we have to learn from what we're doing today if we can't learn from the past at least we can try to understand that putting people who have mental health issues in a clinical area is, is wrong looking at it in a, in, in a way that we have to prevent mental health is right working with children caring about their mental health is necessary because they are the next civilization now oh, well, I wasn't meant to make this intense but again We'll go from intense to relaxed throughout this, but it is a serious topic as well, the global mental health pandemic, which doesn't exist. So I don't want to go, anyone to go out there and say, oh, it's false information. It's a title to get us thinking. And for us to be able to go through mental health and talk about it, like we did about COVID-19. Well, okay, <laughs> we did about COVID-19, we have all these theories. Every single person is going to have their own theory. Everything, every single person has their own opinion. Every single 
person. But listen to understand. Do not listen to respond. And this is a message for intelligent people. This is a message for anybody. Like I said, I don't care how many PhDs you have. I don't care if you're a professor in mental health. I don't care if you have worked in mental health. You need to be open-minded to everyone's opinion. Understand why they're saying it. And if you don't, try to. And then move forward. And this is this is the thing of podcast. When you listen to this, have your own opinions, obviously. Have your own opinions. And you feel like you're being talked to. And I feel like I'm talking to you. But you're not. I want you to just get into this and really be serious about it. Really be focused. Because I'm not here to just tell you some fake stuff this is the real deal i'm going to tell you how it is not not this you know sugarcoating stuff that you want to hear in other mental health podcasts stay tuned